1: For every horror title to hit VOD, there are countless others that end up D-O-A. Development Hell is a podcast dedicated to unearthing these plagued horror productions to find out what went wrong and if they still got a shot at the green light. My name is Josh Coringa and I am your host. I am a filmmaker located in Toronto, Canada. This podcast is brought to you by the Anatomy of a Scream pod squad. Anatomy of a Scream are a female-founded, queer-positive horror site offering reviews and analysis. Today, we have a very special visitor slash guest, Emily Gagné. I have known her, I think, 20-something years, and she is my frequent collaborator. She directed a film with me last year, and um, one of my best friends. Hi, Emily. How are you?
0: I'm good, H2O. Twenty years later, it oh. all comes around.
1: Oh my God! Blood is thicker than water. <laughs> Literally, it really is.
0: Especially fake blood.
1: Oh yeah, or, or corn syrup. I feel like that stuff is viscous. Emily, Emily, who are you? What do you do? What's your What's your childhood trauma?
0: That is that's a heavy question. Not even the childhood trauma part, <laughs> but like just who am I? Like mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm an existential person so I don't know I do a lot of stuff I mean I've made I've made a film with you which is called best friends forever which you probably have mentioned on this podcast before Mm -hmm. also I'm a writer and uh, sometimes I write creative stuff like I have with you but also sometimes I write about uh, horror movies like I have a column on nightmare on film street which is called final girl fashion and I talk about final girls and their costumes so like for example I haven't written about Laurie Strode but at some point I probably Really well, because she's iconic but like recently I wrote about Audrey from Little Shop of Horrors and like what her costumes say about her character development so that's Ooh. something that I do and also I have I've I have a couple of podcasts, one of which is called We Really Like Her, and it's about women in film, Mm -hmm. and it's on hiatus right now. But I did want to say that we have an episode about Halloween H2O that you could (gasps) go into if you wanted to, and Alex West from Faculty of Horrors on it, if that's of interest.
1: Wow, icons beget icons. Um, (laughs) So how would you describe our personal history, you and me?
0: Our connective tissue so to speak, is horror movies, mm-hmm. is, is one of our key um, Oh, absolutely. Interests. Yeah. And speaking
1: of horror movies, so we I've said it in my little spiel at the beginning, but this is a podcast dedicated to talking about horror movies that never got made. And I kind of feel like every horror fan, as you and I are horror fans, have their franchise, have the franchise that is their franchise. No one else can have it. This is for me and you know, their dedicated moment. And I think what we're gonna be talking about today, if I could be wrong, is your franchise. Um, So today we're going into the horror movie that was never made, Halloween 3D. So this was gonna be coming out around the time of the Rob Zombie era of Halloween films. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 came out 2009. Emily, is this your franchise?
0: Of the horror biggies I would say yes. I think like Halloween the original from 1978 is Mm. like my number one movie period. That has a lot to do with it but also I think there's like a few entries in the the Halloween series that I really like and in some ways like Michael Myers at certain points in the series is like one of the scarier horror villains Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. As we'll probably talk about there are some ways that his narrative gets changed that make him less scary. And I mean, that happens with, as we know, with, like, so many of our horror villains, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Freddy becomes a pun master over time, you know, as opposed to, like, a silent force. Jason becomes this, like, big hulking guy that you can't defeat and Michael sort of has a similar journey to Jason in that way but I like Michael Myers because I think he's simple scary what what I mean by that is like he feels like a real threat a man in a mask you know it's it's like not like an a supernatural thing it's just this guy that has killed people and he's not, like, a big guy. He's kind of, like, a normal-sized guy. He just goes, picks a mask up at the store, a jumpsuit up at a gas station, you know, like, and then he just kills people. And I think, like, to me, that's, like, that scarier than, like, the supernatural elements.
1: I so. feel that for real. You know, I feel like you and I creatively, we think about suburban horror a mm. lot. And I think he just kind of invented it. This invented that feeling that, you know, everyone in our social circles felt when they were 14 in the suburbs walking home from the Dairy Queen. And it was a little too quiet and nothing was going to happen. But if it did, like, I think we'd all be kind of out of luck. And it's that spookiness that I think they really captured for the first time with Halloween.
0: Yeah, like, it's, like, that moment when Laurie, like, is, like, knocking on doors and nobody wants to answer, you
1: know? Yeah, I I was just watching the first one with my friend Samantha, and during that scene, she went, nobody would answer their door? Of course someone would answer their door. And I was like, I don't know if they would. 1978 Haddonfield, Illinois question mark. Like, maybe they would, but I I think that person might shut off their light. Like, I kind of buy it.
0: Yeah, well, it's like, do you want to get yourself into that? that mess you know if it is a real person screaming for help like you'll have to deal with that and if it's not what do they want from you yeah are
1: they are they tricking you that's why as i think most girls probably know like scream fire don't scream help i'm getting murdered
0: yeah yeah so
1: i can't wait to do that one day to scream fire and it's a lie i'm really getting murdered i feel like i've been waiting (laughs) and i hope i get someone else murdered and not me just wow wow um So today, as I mentioned, we're talking about Halloween 3D, a movie that never happened. And to give you guys a quick overhaul of how we're going to lay out this episode. First, we're going to give you guys sort of a preliminary sense of what Halloween 3D was all about. Then Emily is going to sort of walk us through the Rob Zombie era of the Halloween movies. I'm going to get in depth on some of the other failed Halloween projects along over the years. Emily's gonna talk about Halloween 3D, and then I'm gonna talk a little bit about Halloween Returns, which was the original recalibration or reboot that happened before Blumhouse came and took over. I'm gonna start us off. (music) Halloween 3D, right after Rob Zombie's two-film run, with Halloween at Dimension, a third film sort of started to occur. Rob Zombie was very clear after the second film that he would not be returning for a third film. And even though it wasn't a huge financial success, the franchise is a money-making machine and Dimension wanted to pump out a third movie. Also without Rob Zombie around, it was sort of their chance to maybe adjust the tone that had really gone off kilter, according to a lot of critics and fans over the first two Rob Zombie films. So they kind of had the chance to start fresh with this third film. So what did they do? They approached Patrick Lussier, and Todd Farmer. Patrick Lucia was actually Wes Craven's protege back in the 90s. He was an editor for Wes on New Nightmare, on Vampire in Brooklyn, Scream, Scream 2, Music of the Heart, Scream 3, Red Eye, and even Cursed. Uh, he was the editor on Halloween H2O, so he'd already been dipping around the Halloween franchise earlier. And it wasn't until the classic Dracula 2000 where Patrick would really first start directing in hollywood emily what is your relationship with dracula 2000
0: i remember seeing dracula 2000 in theaters with with my dad and i i distinctly remember my dad covering my eyes at some point which is (laughs) which is something he started doing when i was like in my like tweens because i feel like he was like uncomfortable and i was like dad Dad, just don't take me to these movies if you don't want to experience. Was it it
1: because of like boobs, or was it because of gore?
0: Yeah, definitely from boobs. Because like the thing is, and and this is why I think we became horror fans at such a young age is like we were allowed to watch horror movies but i i feel like when it came to sexy stuff my dad was like less okay with it you know he was like i remember I, he also covered my eyes on american pie too so oh, like that, that was that. a big
1: one for us <laughs> too know. it's funny my i had the same situation with my mom and my dad yeah my dad didn't like me watching sex but my mom didn't like me watching violence and i got to sort of do because my parents were divorced i got to sort of do one with one and one with the other anyway so you saw it in theaters do you remember liking it
0: I don't have a lot of memory of it, but I okay. actually was considering rewatching it recently because my coworker like watched it for like his bad movie club, and he said like it was actually much better than he expected, and he liked it, so I was like, uh-huh. I was like, okay, maybe That's I need funny. to reconsider I don't know
1: I'm a fan, okay. I liked it back then, and I, I don't know if I would like it again today I actually I'm a fan of the direct-to-video sequels that spawned. Dracula 2, Ascension, and Dracula 3, Legacy. You'd think that these would be garbage little movies, um, but they were all written and directed by Patrick Lussier himself. So, you know, there was still a sense of keeping it real and keeping it to his original vision. Mm -hmm. This was also around the time where Wes Craven Presents was becoming a bit of a moniker popular in Hollywood, where they would just slap that on base a, a lot of different horror movies to sort of help sell it. They did this with the Dracula series, and they also did this with a movie... A little known movie called They.
0: I saw that it was on Shudder, I believe. Okay. It's on my list of movies to watch that I haven't watched. I have a list of horror movies that I haven't seen because I you know how it goes. Sometimes you like to re-watch the same wa- movies. I've seen Halloween H2O countless times. Did I need to re-watch it again this year? Maybe not, but it's I did anyways. You <laughs> op-
1: know the Halloween moment though. I don't like Halloween one garbage piece of shit. Halloween two why was it made? Halloween H two O, Oscars.
0: It should have got fi- at least five. Anyways, they is a movie that you have talked to me yeah, about many times, it. and I and I do want to watch it. I do. I don't know how that one got through my fingers. Like I'm like I mm-hmm. like I, I can't really understand because I it wasn't seen in theaters so long. Okay. It,
1: it, it wasn't. It's so weird. It was like a very early two thousands moment along the lines of Darkness Falls like weird Hollywood CGI movies that didn't last very long and were very strange. That's about the time where Patrick and Todd began working together. They did the horror remake My Bloody Valentine 3D as well as the action-adventure Drive Angry. Uh, It was at this time around My Bloody Valentine 3D that they were noticed by Dimension Films because Dimension Films wanted to make their own 3D slasher film with Halloween. And there weren't a lot of people in Hollywood that sort of had that pedigree or that on their resume except for these two. So it kind of just made sense. Unfortunately, it was never to be. They were working on this for quite a while. Eventually, Dimension Films handed them another property, Hellraiser, and focused their attention from Halloween to that. Both projects unfortunately never saw the light of day and are still... I guess, in a sense, trapped in development hell. All right, so I would say that is the basic rundown for Halloween 3D. M, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Rob Zombie era of Halloween and sort of how that got us into the Halloween 3D era?
0: Well, so I guess Rob Zombie sort of came into the Halloween picture, like, officially in in 2006 when it was announced that he was going to be making a remake of Halloween for Dimension. And it made sense because he'd had success with The Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses. And uh, they're both really good movies. Oh, they're
1: so good. I can see why a studio was like, let's give this guy Halloween. Like, it was a mistake in retrospect, like, a a a terrible decision. But I I can see why it happened
0: both of those movies are very different so I think like he shows a lot of like ability to do different styles house of a thousand corpses is very like over the top crazy colors really gory devil's rejects is too but it's more realism Mm -hmm. I always like we we had a conversation about this recently I feel like it's like Texas Chainsaw (laughs) 2 first and then Texas Chainsaw after with devil's rejects
1: yeah I don't want to brush over that because I feel like that's so accurate because I just watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 for the the first time you you made these parallels and they're so accurate where texas chainsaw massacre one feels so much like the dirty road movie of uh the devil's rejects but the second one is such an evil carnival in vain of texas 2 like if you can feel the inspo sort of slathered on both
0: yeah and like even like he cast bill mostly from texas chainsaw 2 as Uh like you know, part of that group. So mm-hmm. I feel like I think Toby Hooper is an inspiration for Rob Zombie for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh,
0: maybe more than like a John Carpenter, which is yeah. why why I think the styles are are so different it made sense that at this time that they would want to do a remake of Halloween because remakes were really hot. Like there was the tech, speaking of Texas Chainsaw, there was a Texas Chainsaw remake. This is the era where you had House of Wax and you, mm-hmm. ha- well, we just mm-hmm. mentioned after the fact, like my bloody Valentine 3D, like it's that whole speech from Scream 4 when <laughs> yeah. she's naming all the remakes. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and Halloween being such an iconic, like horror property you know why wouldn't they want to do it and he said that it was going to be sort of like a prequel and a remake which is always a confusing thing where you're like where is this going yeah
1: yeah i feel like because they didn't they didn't have the vocabulary of the reboot yet
0: i wouldn't say it's a prequel like Hmm. the movie made a lot of money it like really did well at the box office how much did it do it made $80 million on a $15 million budget. So, like, it, like it was a success at the yeah. box office. But critics were kind of mixed on it. And I'm not surprised because, like, I was mixed on it. And I know we were mixed on it when we saw it in theater. I just rewatched it for the first time since we saw it in theaters like that's how much I did not like it because like I've said I've watched Halloween Astro many times but I only watched that movie once because partially because I have such a connection to the original Halloween where I like I went in with expectations and those definitely colored my opinion of it but in the rewatch, like I went in this past week to rewatch it with like trying to be very open and being like, you know what, maybe there's something to love here. Maybe I'm going to be turned around on it. And I think there are little things that I like about it, but in, as a whole, I feel like it's, it's a bit of a mess. And there's like uh-huh. things that I really dislike about yeah, it. Yeah,
1: it misses the mark for sure. Uh, I get making a project your own, but when it just super doesn't work in tone... Like, just don't do it.
0: You know, going back to what I said earlier about Michael Myers as a character, I think, like, what I like so much about him in the first movie especially, that he's very simple. Like, he's just this, like, evil person. And I think, you know, in this in this remake, reboot, sequel, prequel, whatever, he is given a backstory, and he's, he's sort of given, um, I guess, the benefit of the doubt to be like he grew up in a shitty household, Um, Can I swear?
1: Yeah oh yeah please do.
0: (laughs) He grew up in a shitty household and so he was driven to kill and you know I know that that is a reality for a lot of serial killers but I think like to me it took away the scariness of that character and like him having the devil's eyes just being this like the blackest eyes the devil's eyes you know that was missing for me it's like it was like more of this this guy that felt that he needed to take like revenge as opposed to a natural urge to kill
1: yeah which was so much spookier i this would work for leatherface this would have worked for jason but this does not work for michael it takes away the only thing that makes him scary
0: Yeah, yeah, because he's not doing one-liners and things like that that, like, add to his character. He's just this mysterious guy, and I think taking with a mystery is what didn't work for me, but obviously that's that's what Rob Zombie was fascinated with, and that's Mm -hmm. what he ran with, not only with his first movie, but with his set Halloween 2 as well. Like, he really went into the backstory of, you know, Michael and Laurie.
1: Do you think this franchise would benefit from conscious camp? Do you think, like, a, a Jason, like, a Jason Lives installment would work for for Halloween?
0: My impulse is no, but I love that kind of sequel, and I think, like, for Jason, it works really well. Like, <laughs> I think it's perfect for him, and, like, this is not, I don't, I'm not hate on Jason, but, like, Jason doesn't have a personality so he's easy to to meld and I think obviously Michael doesn't have a crazy personality either but I, I just there's this like empathy that's baked into Jason from the beginning of the series whereas like trying to change who Michael is intrinsically is like problematic and it get, gets complicated and um, I want to be I want to be scared you know like and I, I think my memory of watching the first Halloween like 1978 is like I was really really scared and when I watched Halloween Rob Zombie's Halloween like I'm not scared I'm grossed out like there's definitely some like crazy kills that part I like I kind of I don't want to say enjoy but like I respect in some way yeah yeah he definitely can do some shocking kills but I it's not scary it's just gross you know
1: and it's like it's just like it's like unpleasant it's mean yeah
0: yeah that that's how that's how I feel about it but I know the second movie has some fans and the and the second movie was less of a commercial success and was also not critically liked i will say i haven't watched that one since i saw it the first time as well but what i do remember at least about that one is like i felt like he was like trying something completely different like 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 and in that way i kind of respect it as opposed to the this first one is very much like a lot of the same notes are being hit But in his style, and it kind of, I'm just like, why does this need to exist? At least with the second one, I'm like, I don't like where this is going, but at least it's trying to do something that he he imagined. Like, he was like, I'm interested in what, like, would Laurie become, like, murderous as well.
1: As you might know, I am a little bit obsessed with, and help me with the pronunciations. please. You say those names. Try those names.
0: Julianne Mori and Alexandra Bustio.
1: So they were uh, originally tapped to do the second Halloween in the new canon. Uh, Dimension Films acquired both of their previous efforts, Inside and Livid, uh, for American distribution. And these were pretty grisly little movies. Emily and I saw Livid at the Toronto Film Festival, I'm going to say around 2011. And it had a huge impact on me. Which, and I know it's not exactly well reviewed or even that well loved, but there was just something about the mood or the vibe that like ooh, like really clicked with me, and I would I really would really recommend it. It's sort of like a vampire ballet, haunted house French moment. It's very beautiful.:
0: But you know what's interesting is like that movie is set on Halloween night. So I feel like that would have been an interesting like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: test, a little bit of a test, obviously completely different than Halloween in terms of that, that this is like more, that's more supernatural, but there's still like a horror element in, in, in that, um, in that season. So I feel like that could like give them an entry point to possibly doing Halloween.
1: For sure. It's funny that you say that, because one of the reasons that Dimension took the project away from them was that that the tone just wasn't working. And I'm sorry if this is racist, but it's something that I like to talk about a lot, is that Europeans, or basically anyone outside of North America, doesn't fully grasp the tone of Halloween in the right way, like I always like to um, reference the song "Halloween" by Aqua, where like I feel like a lot of people, especially in Europe, they'll like associate Halloween with like scary slasher movies and stuff like that, rather than the mm, nostalgic, spooky, ooky, autumnal vibe that we sort of get in North America. So I kind of think that's one of the reasons this didn't work really for Dimension. And ultimately at the end of the day, Rob Zombie did come back and he wrote and he directed the second installment. As Emily said, didn't do great and was not um received that well by critics. You kinda of said it already, but overall, how do you feel about these films? how do they stack up
0: i don't think that i would re-watch them again and t- to me they like exist in a separate canon than the original halloween well they literally do but like i i don't consider them like entries in the series like if we were re- you know sometimes you and i like to rank entries in a series like mm-hmm. to me they-, they exist separately and i couldn't even compare them personally to like the original even some of the ones that i don't like as much yeah. which we'll get into but I don't think that they work as Halloween movies I like I bet you I would like them if they weren't in the Halloween universe Canada. but I I think because they take those characters and they don't don't work in the ways that you know I think they work so well originally it just it doesn't work for me like and Lori especially like we've talked a lot about Michael but Laurie as a character is is one that I that I do really love And I think, like, her fire and her, like, anything that's interesting about her is, like, taken away, Mm -hmm. especially in the first of Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. The second one, obviously, he's giving her more depth, but the way that he takes her, I, like, find, like, a little bit offensive. Like, I'm just, like, like, why does she have to kill, too? Like, why can't she just be damaged by this and not be drawn to also kill? Mm -hmm. Like, like... You know, I I think like part of the reason I'm drawn to horror in the first place as a woman is like the idea of like exploring the like survivor's experience. I don't know if it's like that realistic to think that she's going to turn into a killer after this. I think it's more realistic to be like, she's going to go into hiding and avoid men or something like that, because that's, that's what would happen for a real woman. And of course, every woman is different, but I, it, it doesn't feel rooted in reality. And I guess that's the thing is that Rob Zombie is not necessarily rooted in reality. And I think that to me, that's the part of Halloween that works is that there's a little bit of reality still in there. Baked Absolutely, in-
1: I agree with that fully. They just don't—they just don't hit the mark. You know, tonally, they're incorrect. Um, they feel disrespectful, kind of, to the franchise a little bit, and they are just not for me. And what are you going to do? Although I do like to troll people and say that I like the second one more than the first. Which could be true, but I really don't have a lot to back it up.
0: On my rewatch, I would say I probably would have liked two more. Um, like I said, I think it's doing some different stuff. The first one, is just—I will say also—and this is something that carries through with Halloween three, the script that we that we read. There's some just offensive stuff oh. in these 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 scripts that like I can't get past. In oh, the, in you know, like I'm happy that the like horrible, like homophobic, transphobic stepdad gets killed by like little Michael in the beginning of, of Rob Zombies Halloween, but still that character exists, says all this horrible stuff. And there's all this stuff of like these teenage girls like like coming on to each other in a very like male gazy way. Yeah, Obviously so I'm true. I'm totally here for queerness, but it's not queerness. It's just like girls like humping each other, like dry Mm -hmm. humping each other because Mm -hmm. that's hot. You know, it's, it's, it's not giving me like genuine queerness. If it, if it did, I would probably be much more interested in this movie, but. I would be
1: so uh, shocked. It would be like the most radical thing if it did.
0: Also, you know, something that I wanted to bring up in general about the Halloween series and that I think is a good like point to jump off with Rob Zombie is that like, I think a big part of the success of, like, the first Halloween movie and even Halloween two, the first Halloween 2 is, like, the involvement of Deborah Hill. Like, she wrote those scripts with John Carpenter. So I think that those female characters feel a little bit more realistic and a little bit more genuine to the, like, female experience because there's a woman behind them. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem with so many of these other Halloween sequels is that there's no women involved. And so, like, the... The the female characters, these like survivors or final girls, whether it's Laurie or like her daughter Jamie, they don't have the same weight and realism that Laurie did in the first, and and Annie and all of the girls in the first Halloween did. Like even if like they weren't perfect characters, but they did feel like real characters. Absolutely,
1: to me. you could tell there was a there was like a, a woman on set making sure that they sounded like real people.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so I think that that's missing from. Rob Zombie's versions, and I think is definitely missing in this Halloween Oh 3D. yeah,
1: the Halloween 3D <laughs> script, which we're going to talk about, which is so lucky for everybody at home, because you're never going to get to see it on the big screen, so now you're going to get to walk through it with us. It's not great. Although, uh, spoiler alert, I do kind of wish I could have seen it. It does sound like something I would have watched more than once. Um, So before we head into talking about Halloween 3D in... Uh, heavier detail, I'm gonna sort of quickly run us through some other failed Halloween projects that never really uh, materialized over the years. So quickly, Halloween 2, which I am really excited about, was originally supposed to be set in a high-rise apartment building and shot in 3D. So this was like the original Halloween 2 from 1981, Emily, remember when I wanted to make a horror movie in a, in a high-rise apartment building? You did? Yeah, I did. Stairwell. I, went, I had like a slasher. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so this kind of made me excited that it was kind of similar to that. Never mind. There was an alternative pitch for Halloween 4 that had Michael return to all of the characters that got away in the first two. Tommy, Lindsay, Gary. Who's Gary? Uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, so it was going to be heavily supernatural and cerebral. And at the end of the film, the shape, was going to have the ability to, to actually, like, shift sizes and turn into a 12-foot-tall behemoth and do all sorts of crazy, wacky stuff. But the studio thought this was just too bizarro and cerebral, and those kind of got high-boshed. Would have loved to see that. Don't even know what that means exactly. Uh, there was an alternative sixth film, originally called Halloween 666, The Origin. Incredible nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That would have featured a new female lead, a reporter, come to Haddonfield by the name of Dana, which gives me Emily vibes, kind of.
0: Wow, thank you.
1: You're welcome, Dana. Um, Michael almost went into outer space at one point, and rumor had it that John Carpenter came up with this idea, so cool the revenge of Lori strode Ugh, was the original title for halloween 7 which of course ended up being halloween h20 emily and i were just talking about how halloween the revenge of Lori strode is just like the perfect name for a halloween movie and then at the end of the day what do they go with they go with h20
0: it's one of the worst titles and like I totally respect anyone that makes fun of the fact that it's called that. Like I remember watching an interview with like I think it was David Letterman was interviewing Joseph Gordon-Levitt who is like the like Drew Barrymore of Halloween H2O. Right. He like yeah. is, is in the the top billing but he dies right away. And Dave was like giving him a hard time being like being like H2O like water like is there underwater adventures? Like what's, <laughs> the, what's the deal you know? Uh, <laughs> So it's such a weird title, but the revenge of Laurie Strode—I mean, like that is what the movie is. That is is, that is the actual journey of the movie. So, and it would follow the pattern of the other sequels, like the the Return of Michael Myers and the um, Revenge of
1: Michael Myers, which was 75.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and so like I think it would have been perfect, but like perhaps I don't like. Do you know more about the reasoning why they like didn't go with that title?
1: No idea at all. But my theory is. Um, someone posted a screenshot of the H2O DVD menu recently and it doesn't even say Halloween, it just says H2O and it's in black and white and it looks so much like a thriller so I do get the sense that Hollywood was trying to like sort of market this as a sexy scream-like thriller and I think that's sort of where that weird title sort of came in from. It sounds like someone non-creative in a suit came up with it for sure.
0: I also have a a theory that Um, we know so much about, like, these, like, horror villains, like Michael, Freddie, Jason, whatever, but, like, outside of the horror community, like, the final girls are not always as, like, name recognizable. Like, obviously, like, Ellen Ripley is, like, somebody that people know, but, like, does everyone, maybe more now that there's, like, these new Halloween movies, but does everyone know Laurie Strode as a name? That's such a
1: good point. They wouldn't.
0: Especially since we know that, like she wasn't in those other sequels that people might have seen, like four, five, and six. Like mm-hmm. she was mentioned, but she's not.
1: She's not really there. Yeah, absolutely. Not. She wasn't sort of around. There was actually talk that this Revenge of Laurie, the original Halloween 7, the Revenge of Laurie Strode, had a subplot all about the Haddonfield police. And that's weird because all all police are, are bad. Um, there was some bullshit called Halloween 3000, a 2000 uh, sequel to Halloween 2, which should have happened. There was a Michael MichaelMyers.com <laughs> uh, supposedly in the works. Incredible! About a webcast streaming live from the Myers house. Uh, if it sounds familiar, it's because this plot evolved into Halloween Resurrection. There was a Michael Myers versus Pinhead at one point that was on the fast track after the success of Freddy versus Jason. So if anyone out there that's listening, including my mom, wants to hear an episode about Michael versus Pinhead, um, please at me. At Devil Hell Pod, that's D E V E L Hell Pod, and tell me, and then it's gonna look like people are listening, and I think that's gonna really help us. Okay, and uh, lastly, before we get into the Halloween 3D details, uh, Michael Blay and Platinum Dunes, of course had an animated pitch ready for Halloween. So these are the guys that were rebooting or remaking every single classic franchise, starting with Texas Trains of Massacre, Friday the 13th, Amityville Horror, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Really all of, they had all of them basically, but Halloween, which uh, Dimension was holding on to for dear life until around 2015, when they were working on something called Halloween Returns, which we're going to get into a little bit later. So Em, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the details of Halloween 3D?
0: Um, so I guess before um, Patrick Lussier like took over Alexandra Asha was in talks to uh, do it and as well as Steve Minor and Steve Minor did Halloween H2O. Um, as we said earlier, my bloody Valentine 3D did well. So they went with Patrick and Alex uh, Farmer because they they wanted this like 3D Halloween moment, which like I respect honestly, kind of liked My Bloody Valentine 3D. Like I hmm. like I don't I don't Thanks. love it, but but I enjoyed it, and I I do like a 3D moment. The idea in 2010 when this was in conversation was that it was going to be an extension of the Rob Zombie universe, and it was going to kind of turn the franchise back to its origins. If you remember, the end of Halloween Mm 2 is sort of like, Laurie is sort of, I guess, locked up for... for, Or she's like caught in the situation where it seems that she might have killed Dr. Loomis. Yeah. It's sort of planting the seed for Laurie to possibly become more of a murderous even helper to michael like Uh perhaps collaborating with michael so their idea was sort of to like continue that and then i guess filming was like pretty close to happening you know they were there was like five weeks to camera and then dimension scrapped it because of budget issues whatever that means (laughs) what does that
1: mean yeah
0: i mean i'm sure shooting in 3d is is budgetary and who knows like i'm kind of interested in like who the cast would have been i know we do know that like tom atkins was going to play a character and tom atkins was from halloween 3 season of the witch which is its own entity in the halloween series but he but because it's separate from the like michael myers timeline they were going to bring him as like sort of a stunt casting which is actually something i think that rob zombie does do successfully in Uh his movies is the stunt casting like i love brad duriff as, like, Annie's dad, like, Sheriff Brackett. Oh, it's I think so that's good. A, that's a great casting. I think Malcolm McDowell as Loomis is actually really good, too. But so I think Tom Atkins would have been fun. He would have been this, like, psychiatrist character, and he, in that script, has, like, a kind of, like, fun death that involves a fish tank. Okay. And then th- they were going to, like, slowly do away with sort of the Rob Zombie stuff, including Rob Zombie's mask that he had for Michael. Like, they were going oh, to... there's There was a scene of him going to, like... Um a pharmacy like Michael does in the original to pick out a new mask basically. and he like kill in the script he like kills the per- like the person working at the store or whatever. So they were really like working towards integrating. Rob Zombie stuff, but also doing away with it, which is like Uh quite a move. They had also tapped Lucier at that at that time to sort of look at Hellraiser, which is very interesting. There's like this Hellraiser Halloween sort of like parallel. Yeah, Mm -hmm. neither that project, the the Hellraiser project that he was developing, and and Halloween 3D ever came to be. But uh, he did make a movie called Trick, which I actually don't know that I had seen the trailer for until we were doing research for this and then i watched the trailer and it's literally about this person that like kills people on a halloween night and it's famous for it and then it comes back and kills again on halloween so it's very much in the same vein as halloween but even uh to this day like uh, a festival that we were in panic fest Uh they actually did a reading of halloween 3d the script at i think last january and uh so that that was a minute. we were we were considering going to panic fest it didn't end up working out which mm-hmm. on reflection we probably should have gone because we <laughs> wouldn't have been able to travel very much uh the rest After of that yeah um and we didn't get to go to that reading which i i don't know how i would have felt to hear some of this
1: we didn't need to go to a live event for it it's mm-hmm. pretty it's pretty um offensive
0: it's rough it's rough yeah yeah, tell tell me if you would, like, would you want to watch a scene? Well, you know what? I'm not going to even ask the question. I was going to say, would you want to watch a scene of, like, there's just, like, a bunch of naked girls running down a corridor? Like, if it was, like, a bunch of naked dudes running down Yeah, a- I would. I'd watch that. Well, that's porn, I guess.
1: <laughs> Doing something like that to men on camera doesn't have the same weight and issues. Well, it doesn't
0: before. happen, so it's almost exciting when it does. Uh-huh. Whereas, like, that, the women being naked for such a significant <laughs> time of their screen time is so... It's Ugh. just so cliche, aside yeah. from the fact that I find it offensive, it's just like, it's cliche, it's so boring, like, do something else. If, you, if people have to take clo- their clothes off in your movie to make it interesting, then it's not a very good movie as well. I
1: agree. I think your movie should already be interesting, and then the nudity should just sort of heighten it like salt. I'm going to sort of wrap us up on something called Halloween Returns, which was a natural evolution that Halloween 3D sort of uh, turned into. So in 2010, all talks about this Halloween 3D came to a screeching halt. Patrick and Todd went on to other projects, and the Halloween franchise went nearly 10 years before another film was going to be released. But in 2015, this changed. Dimension Films hired Saw writers, or Saw 6 forward writers, to rethink the franchise. So this is Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan. Halloween Returns was supposed to be unquote, a recalibration of the Halloween series and was ultimately what we got later on in life when Blumhouse took over the reins and gave us a sort of reboot sequel in 2018. Halloween Returns though, this 2015 variation of the project, was really close to happening and Patrick Melton, Marcus Dunstan, with Dunstan attached to direct, was just a couple weeks away from camera before I believe Dimension lost the rights to the series. Now, you'd think they'd have a stronger sense of scheduling when it comes to that. So maybe they scrapped it and then quickly lost the rights. But this was close to them. If they weren't going to strike, the, the rights to the series were going to be up for grabs. And that's what happened. That's how Bloomhouse and Universal got a hold of it. Plot around Halloween Returns was going to start with Michael on death row, about to be injected. Uh, when he gets poisoned, his vision blurs, he's about to die. But instead, he receives a violent, adrenaline hit, breaks three, and goes on a rampage throughout the prison and Haddonfield. That never happened. Instead, of course, we got Halloween 2018. We have our feelings on it. I think we'll talk about that a little bit more at the end. The last thing me and I are going to do for you today which I think is kind of fun for you more than us is we're gonna walk you through a little bit what happened in this Halloween 3D script by uh, Lucier and Farmer, which is available online on Reddit if you are uh, at all interested. So, Em, we're gonna why don't we go through this together? But I'm gonna start us off. Warning, yeah, this script was sexist as all hell, like really gross. Starting off at the very very beginning. But at the very start of this, sh- of this film, it starts with Lori at the shed at the end of Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, as Emily was talking about. And Lori is shown killing Dr. Loomis instead of Michael Myers. It seems like she secretly knows that this is what she did. And we're hinting at the fact that she's evil now. And is she going to be the new Michael Myers? And is she going to sort of succeed him? We're confused. Sheriff Brackett then picks up Lori when Michael shows up stops the car, reaches out for Lori, and takes her with him. They've teamed up now? Is that sort of how you see it, Em?
0: Yeah, like, it seemed like, you know, there's sort of this talk of, like, he sort of takes everything from her, like, all, like, her whole family is gone except for him, so, like, it leaves her with no other option. This is a classic abuser situation. Uh. Leaves her with no other option except for him, so she, like, feels a kinship. Kind of so, cool, actually. And so that, what what ends up happening after that is they end up going to the site of like their their mother like deborah myers grave Uh um because like that's an that is another thing that i think is more focused upon in the rob zombie halloweens is like this I the mother character of deborah who's like this one person who does believe in michael and like seems to support michael so like he still has a place in his heart for her and and obviously we've the Laurie character has just recently learned that she's not actually Laurie Strode. Her name is Angel Myers.
1: Oh my God! Right, Angel Myers.
0: That's like that's such a like Rob Zombie name, Angel Myers.
1: It'd be a good drag queen name.
0: Yes, it would be. It would be. It would be very good actually. <laughs> yeah. that, that's one to keep in the books. Thank um, you. But yeah, so, so she's just learned that. So I think like, like it, it's like, you know, if you learn that you're adopted for the first time and you're like, oh shit, like-, like
1: Identity is crumbled, yeah. Right,
0: so I think she's like, I'm going to learn more. So she goes to the, to the grave site with Michael and they like basically are like digging up Deborah, And then this group of like other new characters comes in.
1: Right, I also want to say that from this point on, Michael is carrying around the corpse of his dead mom for like a good portion of the script. Uh, which I'm not mad at because it's outrageous. It's, like, almost John Waters-y.
0: I mean, it would be cooler if it was. Um, yeah, I would, I
1: would that's like, true.
0: I would like to see the John Waters take on the Halloween Oh, movie. my that's, God. That's one I'm waiting to see. At least it wouldn't be, like, fat-phobic. In fact, it would be fat-positive. Oh, it would and, be
1: so fat-positive.
0: <laughs> and it would be, like, like, queer. It would just be, like, everything that I'm missing <laughs> from the Halloween franchise. John Waters could bring John... Let's talk. Um, he, would, he would not touch that with a ten foot pole. But anyway, well, I think
1: he would. I think he's desperate to make a let, let someone make come new make a new feature. He's always talking about it. So you were saying there were we're gonna meet sort of our new leads at this point. Yes. So
0: there's a new group of kids. You meet them like in a. And I think a basement and basically the first thing we see of these new kids is these two girls making out and like I will just say throughout the script there's like horrible descriptions of, of women in it like it's like just stuff like I, I think I wrote it down hold on oh this is this is for a different character that comes later but like literally character description is like fucking hot it's like <laughs> is it character description it's like it's like what anyways it's like th- like 30 years old comma fucking hot and you're like okay like like really that doesn't tell and me it's like anything. a therapist
1: or something too yeah it's
0: a it's a like yeah anyways it's a psychiatrist. Like so but but these characters are teens and there's right. these two girls that are making out one of them is supposed to be like in like a more emo girl and then there's this girl amy who is gonna like be the new heroine of of this movie at least and uh they're making out in front of their boyfriends and it, and it's meant to just be like sort of like I don't I don't know if it like is said whether it's like a dare or something whatever it's just it's very male gazy. and like there's a there's a hint that there might be a queerness to it like where like I think the Amy character is kind of like kind of into it and like we could she says something like we should do this again sometime but like at the end of the day it feels very exploitive and then there's another character that like never comes back that's like described as like I think chunky is yes, that correct? Yes.
1: There's actually a man and a, a woman. There's like yes. this very fat phobic coupley characters that are like are fucking while eating a pizza or something. It's it horrifying.
0: Yeah. And then she's on her period and he's like, whatever, I'll fuck you anyways. He yeah. It's so grotesque.
1: It's, yeah. It's like the fat is the grotesque, which as a fat person, it's, uh, uh, it's a little triggering. Um, yeah. But at least yeah. they're fucking. At least we got fatties fucking. And I can respect that to some degree.
0: And as far as I know in the script anyways, like they don't die. Like we like we don't oh, yeah. continue to follow them. We just know that they're fucking so good for them, I good guess. Good for them, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, like, the way that they're described in the script is
1: truly Disgusting. horrible. Yeah.
0: Um, and so anyways, Amy and... Uh, uh, her boyfriend and her other friend that she was just making out with, you know, casually, um, they, like, go to the cemetery. They're, like, doing some, like, Halloween pranks, like, with eggs and, and TP and stuff like that. Classic. And uh, and they run into who else? Oh, my God. Michael, Michael. Michael and Laurie. And
1: Deborah, the corpse.
0: And the corpse of who's Deborah.
1: The, Who's who I would want to play in the script, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Well, they could have done more with Deborah, in my opinion, but, you Do know. Do you think
1: it would have been, um, It would have been Sherry Moon Zombie.
0: I mean, but if Rob wasn't involved, would she want to do it?
1: The answer is yes.
0: But also, like, what does her corpse look like after all this time? You know, would she still Mm, look sexy like Sherry Moon Zombie? I don't know. (laughs) They meet up with Michael and Lori. There is a bit of a bloodbath there. And what is kind of a cool scene is, like, Amy gets locked into the coffin of Deborah. Mm Mm-hmm. Spooky. and and she's stuck in there with her decapitated boyfriend so like i think there's like a line of literally like she's choking on her boyfriend's blood or something like that and then there's a bunch of like head cap decapitations not just yeah. that I think there
1: were a three a sum of three 3d head decapitation moments in the script um again i'm not i'm not like furious
0: no we also meet um this new psychiatrist character named Josie, who yeah. is described, the one described as fucking hot, um, <laughs> and later, like, bangs another, like, cop in a scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, unnecessary. Yeah.
1: Really gross. And, and and Lori is fucking an orderly, which is really inappropriate and disturbing. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get to there. We'll get to there.
0: Long story short, like, Sheriff Brackett gets away from this, like, massacre that is continuing that same night mm. with, with Michael and Laurie. Oh, and he gets
1: away by shooting the corpse of Michael's mom.
0: Yeah, like, so the, the corpse has been, you know uh heard with desecrated which is of course going to make michael mad Mm -hmm. um and then there's an ambulance scene where amy has been rescued by this this cop from the like you think maybe she's going to be dead in the coffin but Uh she's not she's brought back and then in the ambulance she's like there's more people that are killed and Essentially, that this section ends with Michael getting set on fire, and there's like some sort of like 3D effect with his like, <laughs> the, his devil's eyes, the de- blackest eyes, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, like you zoom into the blackness of his eyes. It's very funny.
0: Long story short, we, we assume that Michael has like died
1: again. You know,
0: again by fire, like mm-hmm. he did at the end of Halloween 2, the mm-hmm. OG Halloween. And day. I want
1: to say Halloween Resurrection.
0: I can't confirm that because I haven't watched Halloween Resurrection in a while. <laughs> but but I believe you. And then Laurie kills Sheriff Brackett. Wow. Which is sort of making you go, who is Laurie? Is Wait, did really? she do it
1: out of evilness? Or was it like a mistake? I don't remember.
0: I don't remember. Don't think it matters. Does and it? Then, <laughs> and the point is, this is just the start of the movie. Then we go a year later to, of course, Halloween season. And I like it actually, I don't believe it goes right to like October 31st. I feel like Uh it's like the 30th because there's this recurring bit of like these radio ads that are like, there's a dance coming up on Halloween. Don't miss (laughs) it or whatever. Yeah. And basically, we find like Lori and Amy are both at this hospital.
1: Yeah. Somehow they're in the same asylum. And, and Amy is about to what? Be checked out?
0: And then there's this drama where, where she's being released. Lori is also there. And then they have like a cat fight where there's <laughs> literally something where it says Amy kicks Lori in the cunt is something that is in the script. It's horrible. It's 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 really bad. There's a bunch of other women or or young girls that are like at this asylum and they all are like very caricaturey. They're like very like over the top. Uh-huh. And like the mental health representation in this is very like it's 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 not great. It's yeah. not great. It's <laughs> it's bad. And there's also we find out that Michael is not dead. Of course, he's still kicking after everything and his mask is now burnt to his face.
1: Oh, ouchie.
0: Yep, like Jason sort of style. Basically, the climax is back at the asylum. We learn that there's been all these other deaths that have been like sort of linked to Michael Myers, and he's back again, and, and he's coming for the asylum. Is he coming for Amy because he wants to finish what he started? Is he coming for Lori because he wants to have his sister back and wants to team up with her again? We're supposed to sort of, try to see what happens um and then like this all gets muddied because there's a bunch of stuff at the asylum then they go to this like halloween dance party thing and which is kind of anticlimactic um basically again we're going through these themes of like is Lori gonna be the new michael like like amy even who is should be mad at Lori because she was sort of part of this massacre that killed her boyfriend and friends Amy's trying to get Lori to like come back with her and sort of so, michael Lori
1: and amy relationship is bizarre right like yeah is there like there's some ro- romance element in your mind or is it, am i inventing
0: I don't think that that there's a romance element. Uh-huh. I think that there was like there's like moments where they're like literally like like physically close to each other, which <laughs> yeah. I don't think I think was m- male gazy. That's the way that mm-hmm. I read it. Anyways, mm-hmm. I don't think it. I think it was meant that they're supposed to be like you know parallels to each other, and that they've both gone through this trauma. But yeah. I don't know that it's supposed to be actually like queer. But that's not. Weird. I think
1: you're absolutely right. Or maybe there's a bit of like a. Kristen Alice handoff like in Nightmare 4 but like you have both of these yeah. uh, final girls and it's sort of like handing the franchise off to this like new character
0: yeah so like clearly they were trying to be like Amy's going to be the new Laurie of this of the Halloween franchise um, because basically the movie ends with Laurie getting killed off like she cuts off her hand because she's like um she's got she's tied to amy and she cuts off her hand so that she's no longer tied to amy and then i guess she's dying and she basically asks michael kind of to kill her and she does and he does and then michael is still on the loose at the end which
1: (laughs) all right it's a mess it's a hot hot mess mess but would it have been better than the rob zombie films i'm gonna say yes 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 could it have worked out maybe there definitely needs to be a sensitivity reader taking a look at the script
0: yeah I feel like there's like the the word trauma is used many times in the script and I I feel like this is a movie that like some of the other movies in the Halloween canon um, like to purport that they're talking about trauma in a genuine way but it seems like trauma like exploitation of trauma as a, as opposed to exploration of trauma and I feel like that is what this movie is, and that's what some other
1: entries in the. Oh, I agree with that fully. On this podcast, we want to uh, get to our conclusions of: Does this project that's been stuck in development hell? Does it have a shot at the green light? Could this project get made, Emily? What do you have to say?
0: No, because I think we're too <laughs> removed from the Rob Zombie canon of
1: mm-hmm.
0: of Halloween, and now we're fully in this like new Blumhouse version of or Blumhouse version of uh, of Halloween. So I feel uh-huh. like it's it's not going to happen.
1: Oh yeah, I agree. This one's dead on the water, and I think that's okay because it's not good. It doesn't understand the tone of Halloween, just like Halloween. That both of the Rob Zombie films didn't uh it's disrespectful it's gross it's mean and it's not scary
0: it's not scary at all it you know what I really feel like this movie felt just from reading the script felt more actiony than horror like mm. there's like this horror action element that I think takes away any scariness to me it's like it's like like i think of michael being like an action hero like like even like a like a predator kind of character where it's like you know he's not gonna die so like there's just crazy scenarios and that that's not scary if this character is is always going to be alive or like whatever alive means in this supernatural universe of Mm -hmm. halloween like then it's not scary because there's there's you're just like, oh, he's always going to live and I'm fucked, you know? It, yeah, it, yeah. The, the, the stakes are, are just so unrealistic. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I agree with that fully. You know, we were talking about what makes the franchise so scary and so great and it's that subtle, suburban, very North American vibe and this couldn't be farther from that. You know, this is much more gritty, disgusting, over-the-top action mess. And not to say that that genre or, or, or those vibes don't have its place in the horror genre. Obviously, they do. They just don't have a place in the Halloween franchise. M, what do you think of Halloween 2018? So
0: we saw Halloween 2018 at TIFF. Um, right. Like, the world premiere we saw. Um yeah.
1: And, like, where were we? Like, who were we close to?
0: We were, like, a couple rows behind Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, who, so it was, like, truly exciting
1: Um, yeah we
0: we were really jazzed like i mean this was like a huge (laughs) moment for us and and i like you know one of the things i i like about the franchise as you may have figured out is laurie strode and i love jamie lee curtis so i was like really excited for her return because i love h2o and i think like that movie like has a lot of um development for lori so i was like okay what are they gonna do with lori now and i i think i i think we knew very limited things going into it like we'd we'd you know maybe seen the the trailer but like we didn't we didn't know enough i had high expectations and i was excited and i feel like jamie lee was excited so that made me really excited about it i know we were both disappointed by halloween 2018
1: Yep, I would agree with that. What I was most disappointed in is how many people actually liked it and how well it did. Although it's always good to see a franchise doing well in our genre because it helps the rest of us out. But yeah, I'm not a huge fan. It does. It also didn't hit the mark. Um, I think we'll always have Halloween H2O and I think Halloween 2 and even sometimes Halloween 4, 5, 6. I, I'm grateful for what we do have.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I I, I do think like... There's a lot of narrative about sort of the the trauma exploration in Halloween 2018, and I like it's not to say that that's not touched upon. It it is touched upon, but I I think it's just touched upon, and I I think like I I don't think it's it's dealt with enough. I think the problem for there's many things I don't like about Halloween 2018, but I think one of the things that really bothers me is how scattered it feels like there's a there's like i i feel like there's kind of like three different movies happening there's like laurie's story there's these podcasters there's uh, laurie's granddaughter who's sort of like shaping up to be this new final girl and then there's like michael himself so there's just a lot going on and i think you know what works about halloween H Two O for me is like it's like it's michael and laurie like that's what the story is and i think like at the end of the day like that's that's what makes Halloween unique is I think like none of the other franchises like with the exception I guess of Scream which has like the final girls throughout like I feel like it's always about the horror villain whereas mm-hmm. like in, in Halloween we have this recurring female character who goes up against our villain and, and has a complicated and familial relationship with this villain that enriches the story oh, in totally. my opinion. It's so intimate. It's it, intimate. It's almost yeah. romantic
1: in a weird way.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, in some ways, that has been interpreted in ways that don't quite work, which is how I feel about the Rob Zombie ones. And, mm. and I, you know, they they took out the sister element for this new Halloween 2018, and I understand why they did that, but I think the way that they went with Laurie's character, like, just didn't feel... It felt like... I always describe that character, or that version of the character, as, like sort of like a sarah connor
1: that's so real M. that's really good you know that's like so on point in a way that is disappointingly accurate yeah
0: like sarah connor in t2 and onwards like it's like that sort of like like uh really hardened character and that's not to say that people that survive trauma can't get to that place i think that that's but maybe not to that extreme and i think what really works about hell to oh is that it's realistic like that character is still hardened, but not in a way that feels, like, like detached from reality. It feels, like, rooted in reality where, it's like, she's hardened in the way that she won't let her son do things or go out. Not like she has a bunch of guns in her house. and like has Yeah, like-
1: so many guns. The gun stuff put a bad taste in my mouth. Although I will say, the way that they're setting up Halloween Kills, where it's the three generation of Strode women... Um, and and no one has to be convinced that the danger is real because we just went through that. I hate that in movies where it takes like half of a film to convince. It's like how, how how many minutes do we need to devote to like convincing Judy Greer that there's actually something dangerous happening? So maybe the second film, you know, maybe it'll, it'll hit the mark. Maybe it'll be lightning in a bottle.
0: I think that that like they had potential there for sure with like, I love the idea that Lori had a daughter and they have a contentious relationship. And part of the reason they have a contentious relationship is because Lori was like, kind of like, you know, had mental health problems after from that resulted from the trauma and like made her daughter learn how to do survivalist stuff. Like that could have been really interesting, but in that sense, you like almost think she should have believed her mom or like, I guess she's dealing with her own trauma from dealing with that with her mom as a child. But I think like, They really should have leaned into that. Like, imagine a Halloween 2018 that was just the three women in the Strode house, just there, and they're, like, hiding out for the night because that's what they do every Halloween because that's what, Uh like, Grandma Strode does. And then Michael comes a-calling, and they basically have, like, a sort of the strangers, the purge kind of situation with Michael. I love
1: it. I love it so much. Put it somewhere nice and remote so it's hard for them to get out. And there you have, you have your movie. I think that would have been really cool.
0: Yeah, and to play with like, is this real or am I imagining it? Like like I think that that's what the original Halloween does really well is it's like is, is this really happening or like is someone playing a trick on me? Which is the whole spirit of Halloween. Are the yeah. monsters real or are they imagined?
1: Yeah, I, I, I love that. Well, you know what? It's never too late. I think we're it's one of these franchises that doesn't really seem to die down. Why why out of all the franchises is Texas Chainsaw Massacre the one that is and that always has a new project coming out? Did you see that there's a new one? Mhm. And like I'm not angry, like it's not the worst franchise, but like where is Freddy? Where is Jason? Where's whatever? Where are my boys, you know? I miss my babies.
0: Freddy's the complicated one though because Ugh, I know. because Freddy is partially about the person that plays Freddie. And if it's not him, it doesn't work.
1: I know. Well, listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that the worst thing about the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot was Jackie Earl Haley. Like, I, I wouldn't say that that would be the thing that didn't work about the film. Other than the makeup effects
0: yeah but but anyways, I think that's a challenge, whereas like I get why Michael is something that you can play around with because he doesn't speak and he's in a full costume, not just a mask but like a full outfit but um but i I think people like think too much about Michael Myers and should just keep a simple approach I, like I said at the beginning, he's simple, scary, and the more complicated you make him, the less scary you make him so. Yeah.
1: I, that's genius, that's beautiful, that's gorgeous. And, like, I think that really hits where we need to hit. So, fuck Halloween altogether. You're a filmmaker, you're talented, you're beautiful. If you were given the ability to make your own shitty direct-to-video installment of any you know horror franchise from the canon what would it be
0: extension of the franchise so like could be a reboot could be a- I
1: mean listen you can do what you want to do i encourage to stay in the original canon with you know with a number with like a with with a number at the end of the title but if you want a reboot if you want a prequel you do you do you baby
0: hmm i would like like I think I, I just love Halloween H2O. I've obviously said it many times, and mm-hmm. I feel like I like I wouldn't mind seeing what's up with Laurie Strode as we see at the end of Halloween H2O. Cool. And, and maybe she's still haunted by Michael, but he's not real, and it's just like she's she's dealing with like the like the ghost of Michael, but not actually the ghost of Michael. But he's no, no, there.
1: I hear you. Yeah. You yeah. know.
0: And I, like, I've always, you know, I've said this to you before, I feel like something I've always thought about is, like, a support group for, like, Final Girls or something yeah. like that, which I know has been kind of explored in lots of different texts, but I think, like... It's
1: still very cool. To,
0: to see, like, like I, as a woman, I think about, like, what it's like when I'm, like, walking home alone in the dark. And like how automatically I'm a little bit nervous and I like don't, if I see a man coming too close to me, I like will often like twitch sides of the street or like, I'll like, I'll just keep my, like, I'll turn my headphones off sometimes. I'll keep them on physically, but I will turn the volume down so that I make sure that I'm like ready to go. And it's like, what would be navigating like a night home, like as Laurie Strode having dealt with Michael having killed Michael at the end of H2O, but still feeling the effects of that. Um, And also like let's, you could bring Josh Hartner back if you really wanted to, because like what happened to him? I want them to bring Michelle Williams back because, quite frankly, I think Michelle Williams needs to be in a horror movie. Like, I'm looking for Michelle Williams in a, like, The Others type film. Like, where oh god. is god
1: Finally, the Oscar goes to... Right.
0: So, so I think, like, Laurie is, like, something that is is a character that I'm really fascinated by, and I'd love to continue her story. Obviously, I don't think that will ever quite happen because, regard, of, no. because of what's happening, but I think... I really dug what was going on in H2O, and I think I would like to see something in a similar vein. Get a woman, please, please, for the love of God! Mm-hmm. Like, bring more women into these reboots, these sequels, these, especially ones that are like driven by female characters. I just think I love it's, them,
1: but yeah, yeah. It's
0: it's it's truly it's truly nuts. There's, I'm not saying that men can't write interesting female characters but i am saying that i'm it, saying that i am saying that you know like i love i love sydney prescott and gail weathers yeah, too. who are a part of the scream universe and they're they're not written by by women but but i think like a okay, well, gay men
1: count sorry to interrupt
0: well that's that's true. There's Kevin Williamson. The Kevin Williamson effect. I mean, he was also like an early, um, in in early development on Halloween H two O too. So I
1: think he came up with the title, The Revenge of Laurie Strode, but I couldn't he,
0: did. So, he did. So so yeah. so I think like that is what makes Halloween H two O work, even though it's not his full script at the end of the day. I think like mm-hmm. there was like a there was a touch of respect for women. You know, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. There. And More than a- respect, like like adoration.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's. What's missing in some of these other Halloween sequels? It's like, like women are not taken seriously, or they're turned into these like other like otherworldly characters, whether sexually or like as like vehicles of like change and stuff. And so so I I don't I don't think that that works. So I would love to see like a woman come in and try a Halloween entry if if we're gonna go there. At the end of the day, though. I really, nothing will compare to when I watched Halloween H2O and saw Michael's head get chopped off. Like to <laughs> me, that was the end of the, fr- this, the franchise. I and agree. I, remains the end of the franchise for me. And I think it's like a fucking cool, powerful moment. And I don't think that we need to put so much stock into these, like keeping these guys alive. Give me that new horror villain. Don't, I don't need another Michael movie I don't necessarily need like another Jason movie I'll watch them it's not to say that I don't need them but I, I want them. I want I want something original and like I think that that's that's what I come back to when I think of these things Is like think about how great the original Halloween was 1978 because it was its own thing it was simple it wasn't caught up in the lore it was just trying to scare you and mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking for
1: I couldn't agree with you more. M. you're the best. Thank you so much for talking with me about Halloween 3D today. I knew that you would have something to say because I, I know how passionate you are about these movies. So I really think you are the right choice. Uh, is there anything in this world that you want to plug, be it again or for the first time?
0: Hmm. Well, um, right now, I am just writing my my monthly column for uh, Nightmare on Film Street called Final Girl Fashion. So check that out. I do it every month and it's always about a different Final Girl. One of the recent ones that I wrote that I'm proud of is about Crimson Peak, which is a movie that I really love. And I know a lot of people love too, but like is, is getting some more um more love than it did when on first release so um yeah that was one I was really proud of so if you want to check that out I would love it otherwise I don't really have anything else crazy to promote other than we have our movie that sometimes appears at festivals. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes we sure do okay well this was so fun and For you listening at home, all I want to say is thank you for listening. If you could please do me the favor of liking, subscribing, sharing, telling your mom, all of that stuff, it really helps. And I hope that you're going to keep listening to our new episodes of Development Health.